Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. He said he's ready whenever you guys are. Yeah, and I was ready. But that you're just one guy. I know, I don't care about you. All right, well, as he said, welcome to Ballpark Bros. Uh, that's Tom, I'm Mike, uh, Eric is our silent partner, there's no baseball this week. <laughs> um, oh, wow, uh, college football, we are uh, into bowl season. We are into bowl season. Um, it's, it's a fun, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. The, is that what that song's about? Yes. Huh. And also like some other stuff. I always thought it was about consumerism. Oh, well, that too. Oh, all right. Well, as long as I wasn't completely wrong, I guess. Um, so, uh, sprint through some of the championship games. Uh, where do you want to start? Oh, uh, I, let's start with the, uh, Friday night game, I guess. Uh, with the, uh, Stanford USC? Yeah. I suppose we can do that. Um, Why is there a phaser sitting on the on the table over there? Oh, in case anyone gets out of hand in the studio, I can zap them. It's my Discovery 3D printed, hand painted phaser. Pretty cool. Pretty is cool. It, uh, it doesn't do anything. It's just 3D printed, so all right. it just sits there. So it's even worse than having it set to stun. He can throw it at people. But it's, I, it's, I believe it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty light. Yeah, it's pretty light. <laughs> hollow, so it'll just yeah. kind of bounce off. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a minor annoyance. It, it's for show. It's to go with, uh, you might, I'm collecting uh, fantastical sci-fi weapons in the studio now. I have the lightsaber up on the wall. I've got the phaser here. I'll have to get some more stuff at some point. I see. It's a great story. You should tell it at a party sometime. <laughs> you, you asked about the phaser. I wasn't going to bring it up. It was just sitting over You're there in the corner by itself. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, what were we going to talk about? USC Stanford. That's right. That's right. Uh, USC uh, did defeat Stanford 31-28. Um, they had a goal line stand at the end of the game that sealed the victory. Um, I uh, huh, I lost my internet. Neat. Um, oh, wait, there it is. Welcome back, internet. Um, so the the uh, win leaves USC at uh, 11 and two on the year. Stanford finishes up at nine and four. Uh, we'll look ahead to bowl games after we get through the rest of the uh, championship games here. Um, on Saturday, UCF remained undefeated, defeating Memphis 62-55 to in two overtimes. Um, that's several points. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, Toledo, in the MAC championship, defeated Akron 45-28. to um, Akron outscored Toledo 21-7 to in the fourth quarter. Uh, Toledo was actually taking a nap. Yeah. Um, well, you know, when you build a thirty-eight to nothing lead, right? I think you can lay off the gas pedal a little bit. Um, 
FAU won the CUSA uh, 41 to 17 over North Texas. Um, Oklahoma uh, improved to 12 and 1, defeating TCU 41 to 17. Uh, TCU now 10 and 3 on the year. Uh, more big news for Oklahoma: Baker Mayfield uh, joins Bryce Love and uh, Lamar Jackson as the three Heisman finalists this year. I can't argue with those choices. I can't either, but one thing I can argue is that there's only three finalists and uh, no Saquon Barkley. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, that one was kind of baffling for me, but uh, I'm sure they had their reasons. Uh, Mayfield is the uh, overwhelming favorite to the point where some Vegas odds makers are no longer taking bets for, uh, for Heisman. So Well then. Kind of... Uh, kind of sucks <laughs> if you're a betting man yeah. yeah um the sec georgia defeated auburn 28 to 7 a little bit of vengeance yes uh quite a bit of vengeance actually um i didn't get, i didn't get to catch much of this game uh we were on the road up to green bay during this uh we did catch the second half um including that uh 64 yard touchdown run by swift um I, you know, I I had a feeling Georgia was going to take it. I did wind up picking them. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't a closer game. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I I thought Auburn was going to hang with them a little bit more. But uh, so Georgia advances into the uh, college football playoff, joining Oklahoma uh, so far in our recaps. Um, the Mountain West, Boise State defeated Fresno State 17-14. to uh, In the ACC championship, Clemson. Uh, secured their spot in the playoff, You're defeating just glossing over that one. I'm or? getting to it. No, I mean the uh, the Boise, oh, Boise State. Yeah, what a, yeah, whatever. The winner what was a, ten and three. The loser was nine and four. What about the people? Our our fine listeners in Idaho. I spent just as much time on the MAC championship. What about our fine listeners in Idaho? Sorry, Barry. All right, so uh, I don't have anything else to say. Barry will be very disappointed. That's all I have. Barry's our one listener. Gets a personalized shout-out on the show. Yeah, yeah, does he? Clemson secured their spot in the playoff, defeating Miami 38-3. to Boy, is my face red. <laughs> uh, hey, you and a few other people. Um, thought they'd at least, you know, try. I think they tried. Did they, though? I just don't think they tried very hard. Uh, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Bryant finished the game 23-29 of 29 for 252 yards and a touchdown. Uh, ran the ball nine times for seven yards and a touchdown. Um, not used to uh, seeing that low of a rushing total from him. Um, the uh, the big thing here, Miami turned it over three times. You know, they they always break out that turnover chain. Yeah, uh, you know, Clemson was the one walking did they, around. Did they have to give it to to Clemson? <laughs> that would have been awesome if they had to take it over to the sideline afterwards. So, yeah, they uh, turned it over turned it over three times. Uh, oh, excuse me, sorry. Um, they just they could not get it going uh, anywhere. Um, just a little over 100 yards uh, rushing and a little over 100 yards passing. Um, their to- total net yards were 197. Uh, I watched a, a decent portion of this game, and it seemed like every single drive they would start to get going and then just kind of sputter off. Kind of shoot themselves in the foot? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, I did not get to catch too much of that game because I was up in Wisconsin. I was in Green Bay for the evening, and uh, I was in a house full of uh, Badger fans. Badger, 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 Badger. (laughs) It's old as hell now, but you've obviously seen the Harry Potter uh, version of that, right? Yes. Oh, man. Absolutely love that. Um, I'm not not even a big Harry Potter guy. Um, No, so the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes upset Wisconsin 27-21. 
JT Barrett, 12 of 26 for 211 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, ran the ball 19 times for 60 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he did have two picks, but so did Hornybrook for Wisconsin. Uh, he was 19 of 40 for 229 in those two interceptions. Um, uh, OSU got out uh, to a pretty quick start. Uh, a couple a couple big touchdowns. Um, the uh, a, the uh, 84-yarder to McLaurin uh, to open up the scoring. Uh, huge play for them. Uh followed by the uh, 57-yard touchdown by Campbell. Uh, Wisconsin was able to work their way back into it later on, uh, but uh, came up a little bit short there at the end. Um, Ran out of time. Yeah. The uh, the big story from this game was the turf. Yeah. Um, you might want to, like, I don't know, glue that down or something. Well, so the way that it works is it's, it's kind of Velcroed and zippered together, and they took off the Colts end zone. Right to put in the Wisconsin and OSU end zones, and just the uh, you know the number of bodies piled up right there on that goal line was a bit too much for the Velcro and such. So uh, I didn't catch who what was the guy's name. I didn't catch his name. Uh, neither did I. Um, they had a, they had this one guy out there. He's got a bucket full of those little rubber pellets, and he's pulling the turf up and putting it back down, and trying to secure it, and spreading rubber pellets, and pulling the turf up and putting it back down, and spreading rubber pellets for like 15 minutes. Every eye in America was glued to this guy. Talk about pressure. Um, you just hey, you just go out there and and do your job. Yep. So uh, a lot of people were questioning. Uh, we got you know we've got Oklahoma, we've got Georgia, we've got Clemson. Who's that fourth team going to be to make the playoff? If Wisconsin won, it was going to be them, but they came up short. Yes. Did the win give Ohio State enough? No. No. Alabama. Alabama is your four seed. Alabama. Uh, so coming up, we're going to have Alabama versus Clemson in one semifinal. So we're not going to have a, a third straight? Nope. Nope. Which, I mean, third straight time playing each other in the playoff is a pretty big deal. Yeah, but, um, it's but not uh, for all the marbles. I think, it, I think it's good. I think it's good for the sport that, you know, it's not the final of the third year in a row. Um, of course, one of those two teams will will make it three straight appearances. Yeah, um, and then obviously the the uh, the other game pitched Georgia against Oklahoma. Um, right now, in my eyes, I think Oklahoma is the favorite. Well, yeah, especially how are, how is Georgia going to stop the Baker Mayfield experience? Well, the 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 good news for uh, for Georgia is that you know the Big Twelve is notorious for not putting defenses on the field. Yeah. Um, so even if they do wind up giving up 34, they've got a decent chance of scoring 34 too. Um, I don't think they're going to slow down Baker Mayfield at all. I really don't. So you expect a high-scoring affair? I, uh, yeah, I do. Probably four touchdowns from Mayfield, maybe two or three rushing from uh, from Chubb for Georgia. I'm sure Swift will get in there. Um, all right. Glad I said those in that order, yeah. not the other order. Yeah. Nothing worse than a Swift Chubb. Yep. Moving on. It's the joke everyone's been making all week. At least they were up in Wisconsin. I don't know if I were around here. Um, so looking forward to the uh, other bowl games. Yes, uh, I would just like to say um, to any Ohio State fans that may be upset that they didn't make the playoff, go talk to a Penn State fan. Yeah, I've already called a few people out on social media about it. Yeah, it's uh, so just uh, look at some of the uh, what I think will be the better better matchups um december 16th in the las vegas bowl we'll have boise state and oregon um and uh saturday december 23rd usf will take on texas tech in the birmingham bowl 
And that same day, the Dollar General Bowl will pit our Toledo Rockets against Appalachian State for the second consecutive year. Um, I keep forgetting that they're D1 now. FBS yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, on uh, December 26th in the Cactus Bowl, Kansas State takes on UCLA. Um, Both of those places well-known for having lots of cacti. Yes. Uh, on the 27th, uh, Florida State. We'll take on Southern Miss. Florida State able to become bowl eligible after losing their quarterback, Francois, in the opener. Uh, that'll be the Independence Bowl at one thirty, And their coach. Yes. Just prior to their last game of the season. Yep. Um, they did hire, uh, who did they bring in to be an inter- interim head coach? I don't. I can't. I, yeah, they. Uh, somebody. Hang on. Sorry about this. We get you great coverage on we this do. show. We uh, do. Some uh, grade A sports news. It's a. Uh, yeah, J- uh, Jimbo. F- yeah, so we'll start at the beginning. Jimbo Fisher um, took uh, took a job at Texas A and M. Ten years, seventy five million dollars. Uh, they do realize that he's just a coach of a game, right? Yeah, well, you know, um, it's uh, Odell Haggins is the interim coach to the uh, promoted to be interim head coach for the bowl game. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I I don't blame him for for going to take the money. Yeah. Um, I think uh, A&M might have put their eggs in the wrong basket here, though. I don't think he's a good enough coach to challenge Nick Saban year in and year out. I don't think A&M's really at that point right now to be challenging no, but any, that's, anyone. That's why they hired him. <laughs> um, the same day as that FSU Bowl game, uh, BC will take on Iowa in the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, Arizona will face Purdue in the Foster Farms Bowl. And the Texas Bowl will feature Missouri and... Texas. Really? They they won enough games to be bowl eligible? They did. Um, December 28th, uh, Virginia versus Navy in the Military Bowl. The Camping World Bowl brings us Oklahoma State and Virginia Tech. Uh, a game that I'm excited about, the Holiday Bowl, Michigan State and Washington State. Uh, two very good programs this year. I think that one should be a pretty exciting game. Uh, and then the uh, Alamo Bowl uh, brings us Stanford versus TCU. Um, on the 29th, uh, we'll get the Cotton Bowl featuring Ohio State and USC. Um, on the 30th, Memphis versus Iowa State in the Liberty Bowl, two very surprising programs this year. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl, Penn State versus Washington. And the Orange Bowl, uh, Miami versus Wisconsin. So seem to be the consolation prize for the ACC and Big Ten winners there. Yeah. Um, January 1st brings us Michigan and South Carolina in the Outback Bowl, Auburn and UCF in the Peach Bowl. Notre Dame against LSU for the second time in three years in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, And then that day we will have the Rose Bowl featuring Oklahoma and Georgia and the Sugar Bowl with Clemson and Alabama. I like a lot of these matchups. We've got some some good bowl games this year. I I think I saw somewhere that uh, we don't have any bowl ineligible teams that had to be pushed into service. Yeah, actually three teams uh, were eligible and and there just weren't enough spots. There you go. It's about time. Uh, so what? Uh, I I was up I was up in Green Bay when when the announcement for the playoff came down, and I was talking to some Wisconsin fans up there. Right. Um, a lot of them agreed with the way it went. They thought you know Alabama was objectively better than OSU, and uh, you know they, a few of them even conceded that they were probably objectively better than Wisconsin too. Um, and I, I I threw out my idea that you know we've discussed here about expanding to sixteen with eleven conference winners. And five five at large bids, 
they loved it. Every single one of them thought it was, you know, thought it was a pretty good idea. And uh, well, they loved it that day because it meant that they would definitely be in. No, you know, we talked, but we talked about like past in- instances where, you know, yeah. like last year, that would have been an avenue for Penn State to get in, you know, and who knows what could happen. And, you know, the the idea of what if the Mountain West champ upset the uh, the Big 12 champ or the MAC champ upset the uh, ACC champ, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of possibilities come out of that. And I think there would be, there would be less argument and, uh, less, uh, oh, what's a good word for this consternation. Uh, if, uh, they were to expand, cause I think the, the difference between, you know, at large number five and six versus just, f- you know, four and five in the country, I think it's a little bit smaller difference. Yeah. Um, and I don't think. There would be too many, too many teams that that would get stiffed the way it is now. Yeah, well, you you look at a at a team like Wisconsin, who is you know one hard luck close loss, and they don't get to vie for the championship. Yeah, um, you know, like we said, Penn State was deserving last year. Wisconsin, OSU, both deserving this year. USC, in my opinion, I know they had that stinker of a loss to Notre Dame, but I think USC probably deserves a chance to compete for the national title. Yeah, um, well, really any team in the top 10 or so. Right. Uh, but it is what it is, to use that old sports cliche. So, uh, Well, it can't be what it isn't, so. Ah, tell that to Schrodinger and his cats. He just had the one. Uh, you know, I'm not convinced he only did it once. He never actually did it. It was a thought experiment. No, he both did it and didn't do it. No, he didn't do it. Nope, did it and didn't. Multiple times. No, see, he never put the cat in the box. I, I always think about the uh, Rick and Morty episode where they're outside of time and they're just cats floating it, <laughs> floating around outside. So it was one of my favorite episodes of, of that show. Um, all right, so moving forward to the NFL, the Unful, as they call it. Is is that is that what they're calling it now? Yeah. You didn't get the memo? I, did that happen while I was on the road? It might have, yeah. Okay. Uh, Thursday night saw the Cowboys defeat the Redskins 38-14. to um, There's some, some chatter after after the game. Uh, did this cost Kirk Cousins any money? No. The, 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 this, this poor performance against Dallas coupled with, you know, the fact that they're 5-7 and seven when everybody was looking at them for a playoff berth and... Uh, just uh, you know, kind of down season for him compared to what it's been. You don't think this costs him any money? You think he's still going to get the? I don't think so because he's still going to want franchise tag money. Yeah, and there are teams out there that'll give it to him. You think so? I think there are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, there, there are going to be a lot of good quarterbacks available this year, and we'll we'll get into one uh, once we get closer to talking about that game. But I'm going to rant for about 27 straight minutes. Uh, well, uh, about this. I'll 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 give you the uh, the floor and then go <laughs> do some laundry, take a shower, something. Yeah. Um, on uh, Sunday, the Vikings defeated the Falcons fourteen to nine. Case Keenum twenty five of thirty for two twenty seven and two touchdowns. Uh, they you know they just continue to roll. They they yeah. look like you know one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, very strong defense holding Atlanta to nine points. I mean, how how are what we? We're at a point where we don't have anything more good to say about Case Keenum. Yeah, um, he's he's going to be the reason that there that there's another top of the line quarterback on the market. Teddy Bridgewater is going to. Yeah, I think he's going to be available to, for trade. Um, 
Uh, Atlanta coming off that great win last week uh, drops a tough one at home. They were up uh, 9-7 to going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Vikings were able to tack on a, a late touchdown to take the lead and seal the victory. A little bit of a yawner of a game, though. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Uh, I mean, great if you like defense, but... Nobody um, likes defense. I like defense. People want to see touchdowns. Uh, the uh, Patriots defeated the Bills 23-3. to A uh, couple of big notes from this game. Rob Gronkowski uh, being fed up with uh, a, a total lack of calls on some grabbing and uh, holding and shoving and... Uh, kind of let his frustrations out and uh, took out a Bills player. Who was already on the ground. With, yeah, with a pretty cheap shot as he laid on the ground. Um, so Gronk, one game suspension for that, and uh, also Tyrod Taylor uh, left the game with an injury. Yeah, I haven't seen anything else on that. I just saw his comments that it's not it's not going to be career-threatening or possibly even season-threatening. So. Right. Uh, I, I don't really ever trust a player's... Uh, diagnosis of themselves, especially when McNabb played with a broken leg. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, uh, I get that. Um, but yeah, so uh, big fallout for both teams after this one. Uh, you know, was all over with. Uh, the uh, Who Gives a Crap Bowl, featuring the 49ers and Bears, ended in a 15 to 14 49ers victory. Yeah, uh, uh, um, I think the only takeaway from this I, was that Jimmy Garoppolo looked really good. Um, as good as you can look, uh, quarterbacking the 49ers. Right. Well, and that's, you know, that's, he looked really good for being the quarterback of that, you know, crummy franchise. Um, finished the game 26 to 37 for 293 and an interception. Uh, on the flip side, Mitchell Trubisky only threw it 15 times, finished 12 of 15 for 102 yards and a touchdown. Um, now, at any point this season, were they going to install him as the quarterback? Um,. <laughs> Me? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're good with just the... They're uh, good with the 1927 version of football? Yeah. They, they really have just gone back in time with this offense. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Bears only ran like 36 plays in this game. <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding about this. Uh, let me... There were people that, that paid money to go and watch this game, and I feel bad for them. They had 36 offensive plays. That You, you need more than that. Yeah, uh, 15 pass attempts, two sacks, 19 carries as a team. On the flip side, uh, San Francisco had 39 passing plays combining attempts and sacks and 34 rushing plays. Well, does, does what does this say? Does this game say anything? Um, in San Francisco, I believe it says, thank God for Robbie Gould's leg. Yeah, um... Five field goals is a pretty good game. Yeah. Uh, longest one, 35 yards. Every single time they moved it down in the, in the scoring position. But... So they're having red zone issues. Yeah. Yeah, red zone or fringe of red zone issues, yes. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, the game that I attended, um, man, I got to tell you, I was as frustrated as it gets uh, in the second half of this game. Uh, Tampa Bay drove, well, to start off, Tampa Bay just drove right down the field at will. Um, they finished with 270 passing yards and 165 rushing yards. Uh, meanwhile, Green Bay finished with 84 passing yards. They did have uh, 199 rushing yards, but they could not move the ball through the air. Um, it took a huge, huge uh, Jameis Winston mistake to get Green Bay into this game. Uh, he was rolling out to his right, and he was brought down. Tried to throw the ball, and instead, as he brought his arm back, it just popped right out and into the gigantic waiting hands of uh, Dean Lowry, uh, who then took it 62 yards for a touchdown. So I, I got a I got a fat guy touchdown in my game. You 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 gotta 
you got to learn when to take a sack. Yeah. Uh, well, he did that plenty. Uh, sacked seven times during this game. Uh, lost 40 yards. Two and a half of those sacks coming from Clay Matthews. I thought he wasn't going to play. No, he was in. Mm. He was in, and man, he was playing. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> we had these two guys next to us who they were just, we've all been to those kind of games where the fan is just a pessimist about everything. Yes. So the entire time this guy is just complaining about everybody on the roster, everybody in the front office, everybody on the coaching staff. He wants Capers fired. He wants Ted Thompson fired. He wants McCarthy fired. He wants everybody. Oh. Everybody needs to be gone. A lot of people want uh, Capers fired. Yeah, well, he um he kept saying over and over and over again, Oh, it's time for the Brett Hundley experiment to end. This is not an experiment. This is a necessity. What are you gonna? You're gonna go to your division three third string yeah, quarterback. It's it's just like in Houston. It's not the Tom Savage experiment down there. It's necessity. It's oh. a season ending injury. They're not having the Jacoby Brissett experiment in Indianapolis. Wait, they they don't still have Yates down in Houston? Uh, they maybe could trot I don't out? know. I don't know. But you know, it's not an experiment. This is necessity. And this, this guy was just irritating me. And all game long, he's complaining about Clay Matthews. He starts yelling at one point, hey, Matthews, you want to earn that contract? At another point, you know, uh, Matthews came off on, on um, it was it was a long drive. He came off on, like, the ninth play of the drive, and he, he went right back out. But when he was on the sideline, the guy, you know, the guy's going on and on about, oh, I can't trust Matthews to play a full game. You know, must have got hurt again. It's, like, it's a long drive. He's taking a break. He'll, you know, he's coming back in. And so it was just funny to hear him just harp on Matthews all game long. And you look at the box score at the end, or you just look at the field as the game's going on, and he ends it with two and a half sacks. As well as six tackles. Uh, yeah. It's just, just amazing the way, you know, these pessimistic fans can treat a game. But uh, for the Packers, the strength of this victory was on uh, Jamal Williams, 21 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Hundley added 66 yards on the ground, and Aaron Jones, the 20-yard touchdown in overtime to give Green Bay the 26-20 to victory. Only carry of the game. What? What? Aaron Jones' only carry of the game was the overtime winner. I'm fairly certain it might have been the only snap he played too. That that don't make no sense. No, but you know the way Jamal Williams was running the game, no, you know, no reason to take him out. Um, the 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 terrible passing numbers led to uh, Randall Cobb being held without a catch, um, and uh, Devonte Adams and Jordy Nelson uh, getting nine catches between the two of them. So. It's been a rough road with Brett Hundley, but you know Packers are still in it. Um, speaking of teams still in it, uh, the Titans twenty-four to thirteen winners over uh, the Texans on Sunday. Uh, Tom Savage threw for three hundred sixty-five yards for Houston. Um, for Tennessee, Derrick Henry had one hundred nine yards and a touchdown. Um, and I don't know what happened to my internet. Um, I don't know either. It just it just went to a different page on it all on its own. I don't think that's the internet. I think that's the computer. That's probably more likely. Um, the Titans are now 8-4 and four, uh, and in a tie with the Jaguars atop the division. Uh, Jaguars 30-10 to 10 winners over the Colts. Um, Blake Bortles, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Jacksonville, you know, they just they keep rolling. Um, if I'm New England or Pittsburgh, I don't want to see that Jacksonville defense in the playoffs. Well, see, the key here is... Uh, they're a team that you can beat if you don't turn the ball over five times. Uh, they are, but I think it's a uh, it's a little little bit more than that. Um, so uh, I believe it's uh, week 
week 17, I believe, uh, is Jacksonville, Tennessee. That should, uh, you know, the way things are trending, decide decide things. So that should be a pretty good game. And, hey, who knows? Maybe it's flexed into prime time. Oh, boy. That'd be crazy. Um, the uh, Dolphins defeated the Broncos 35-9. to um, Jay Cutler came back 235 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Kenyon Drake, 120 yards on the ground and a touchdown. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. Um, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs continued their freefall, losing to the Jets 38-31. to And getting very upset on the field of play. Yeah, what happened there? Uh, Peters got angry that there was a holding call on a two-point conversion attempt. Very angry. He picked up the referee's flag and threw it into the stands. He then left the field of play. And, and went uh, into the tunnel or into the locker room somewhere, and then later came back. Uh, I believe the Chiefs said that there may be some discipline. He uh, came back without socks or gloves, right? Uh, yes. I don't know what that was supposed to, if that's supposed to mean something. or. I well, uh, My assumption is he started to undress in the locker room before they told him, you got to get back out there, and so he just threw on cleats and gloves and left out his socks and gloves and... That's my assumption. Uh, but um, This really was the Alex Smith show for Kansas City. All those people talking about bench Alex Smith. He's not the problem. I said it last week. 19-33 uh, for 366 yards, four touchdowns, and had a 70-yard run. He was their leading rusher. There's your problem. Um, well, and your lack, complete lack of defense. Right. Uh, Tyreek Hill finished with six catches for 185 yards and two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, four catches for 94 and two touchdowns. For the Jets, uh, this moves them to five and seven. They're, they're still out of it as far as the playoffs go, uh, I, I, I believe. Well, there are too many uh, actual teams <laughs> ahead of them. They, they do have more wins than I thought they'd have. Yeah. And if you remember, I said they were going to be winless. Yeah. So, and, and I said you were crazy because they uh, got to play the Browns. Right. Um. Josh McCown finished with 331 yards and a touchdown. Also had two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, you know, that, that speedster, elusive, mobile quarterback, Josh McCown. Uh, actually, I think it's more the Keystone Cops-esque defense from the Chiefs that let him <laughs> score twice. Yeah. Um, uh, so the game that was probably my favorite of the weekend, uh, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Lions 44-20. to and I know that's probably really terrible uh, that this was my favorite, but uh, but it got it got to be twenty to nothing. Baltimore, Detroit clawed their way back, and yeah. then just absolutely blew it. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it was Matt Stafford going down with an injury. Uh, the MRI or X-ray on the hand came back negative, uh, so it looks like he should play this week. Um, but uh, Joe Flacco looked like a real boy. Uh, <laughs> twenty three to thirty six for two sixty nine and two touchdowns. Uh, Stafford, before leaving, 24 of 29 for 292, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, gave way to Jake Rudock, who went 3 of 5 for 24 and an interception. Um, just a you know, rough loss for Detroit after after clawing their way back. Drops them to 6-6. Six and six. Uh, They have a slight tiebreaker over Green Bay in the standings, but they're still a full game behind the Falcons and a couple games behind the Panthers and Seahawks. So what you're saying is that it's going to... Come down to the Week 17 matchup to see who gets second place in the division. Yes, and possibly, depending, depending on things going forward, possibly a, a wild card that, berth. That second wild card. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, it, it is very possible because you got to think to get there, Green Bay would have to defeat Carolina, so they'd have a head-to-head over them, and they'd have to defeat Detroit, 
Uh, Green Bay already holds the tiebreaker over Seattle. So if Seattle's in the sixth seed and it's a tie, it would go to Green Bay. Uh, the only place Green Bay comes up short right as of right now uh, is against Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so. And they they showed signs of life last week. Uh, I wouldn't count them out yet. Yeah. Um, I do think that the uh, playoffs will shake out pretty much as they are right now. So you don't think if uh, if Green Bay gets through Cleveland unscathed, you don't think Rodgers coming back is going to make a difference for Green Bay? I mean, I don't really think so because I expect the, the Seahawks and, and the uh, Panthers to sort of handle their business yeah. um, and lock it down. The uh, We can look at uh, schedules going forward, but I, I, I feel like Carolina has kind of a tough time going forward and i know seattle still excuse me still has uh jacksonville and los angeles on their schedule uh carolina has uh minnesota green bay tampa and atlanta there are three out of four games that they very well could lose yeah but i I, i'm not saying that that that, you know green bay is a guaranteed win you know guaranteed to win against them i'm not saying atlanta is guaranteed to win against them or anything like that but they could lose three out of four down the stretch yeah but even you know say they do lose to Atlanta that doesn't help the Packers either right yeah Atlanta would have to have a rough go of it uh for you know for their remaining schedule too which I believe is two games against New Orleans um I could be wrong uh, about that but um yeah they got uh they've got New Orleans Tampa New Orleans Carolina yeah so yeah it's a rough road for both of it's a rough road for Green Bay too Carolina Minnesota Detroit it's it's gonna be some very good football uh, in the last three weeks of the season, with, with this NFC NFC race shaking out, yeah, I'm looking at uh, nine and seven or eight and eight for Carolina here. Yeah, which or no, I'm, I'm sorry for for Atlanta for Atlanta because um, uh, I don't think that they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win either game against New Orleans, but it's they're going to lose one of them at least. Right. No, I, I I agree with you there. I think they will go winless against New Orleans, um, which we'll get to their game in, in just a minute. Uh, power through some. Kind of clunkers here. Uh, San Diego is still in the thick of it. Could win the division. Uh, defeated Cleveland nineteen to ten. Philip Rivers, uh, thirty-one of forty-three, three hundred forty-four yards and a touchdown. Keenan Allen becomes the first player in NFL history with three consecutive games of ten plus catches, a hundred plus yards, and at least a touchdown. That's uh, well, it's impressive, but it becomes less impressive when you look at their other receivers. That's true, but to think that Jerry Rice never did it. Yeah, that. Sterling Sharp never, you know, for those Packers teams. Yeah, he was. Name me another Packers receiver from the early 90s. Hang on. Um, <laughs> um, um, Bart Starr. That, you know, that Tim Brown never did it. That Chris Carter never did it. Randy Moss. These, you know, none of these guys ever did this. They were always, you know, missing a touchdown or only did it with nine catches or whatever. So, well, and, and you, you got to think the league wasn't as quarterback friendly as it was. As it is now. That's true, but, you know, it's... Hey, could you imagine the numbers that a guy like Jerry Rice would put up nowadays? Uh, they would be rather gaudy. I mean, they're they're already untouchable, but, man. I don't know. If Larry Fitzgerald plays... He's got to play till he's 40, and I don't think he will. He could do it, though. He hasn't slowed down yet. Right. Sloan? No. Sloan? He hasn't slowed down? Yeah, that's... Um, he hasn't a... uh, enslowed yet. Yeah. Um... So this, uh, you know, this this loss keeps the Browns zero and twelve. Their best chance, well, there two chances: Green Bay, Cincinnati. They're not going to beat Cincinnati. No. Do you think they're going to beat Green Bay next week? They are going to have to play the game of their life. As as bad as 
as bad as Green Bay's offense look, well, passing offense looked against Tampa, I don't. I just don't think Cleveland has it in them to to win that game. Basically, they're going to need to replace their entire offensive line with five Joe Thomases. <laughs> well, they don't even have one. So, yeah, that's the thing. If, if Green Bay can pull off seven sacks against Tampa, whoo, man, Deshaun Kaiser is going to have a long, long day. Uh. I think he's going to be practicing his wind sprints this week. <laughs> oh, so, uh, man, all right, so here's where I'm going to get super mad. I'm going to go make a coffee. The na- <laughs> you have opinions on this, too. Don't go anywhere. I know. I'll provide them when I get back. Uh, the New York Giants, before uh, before this week's game, announced that they would be ending Eli Manning's consecutive start streak at Boo. 210 games. Um they cited wanting to uh, wanted to move forward with the younger quarterback Davis Webb as as a reason for doing this, and uh, then promptly started Geno Smith. With everything that Eli Manning has has given this franchise, everything he's done—two Super Bowl wins, uh, you know, numerous Pro Bowls, some of the most memorable playoff games in franchise history—the the way that they handled this is just the biggest slap in the face to him. Um, I you know I know it's a business and you're not supposed to you know put feelings into it and everything like that but when you're 2 and 9 and you know that your season's lost all you're doing is putting what you know what you've deemed your quarterback of the future uh in Davis Webb all you're doing is putting him in harm's way behind that shaky offensive line with no targets to 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 get rid of the ball to uh when things do get rough so if he really is the you know the quarterback of the future why stick him in the game when your team is this bad right now? Play it out with Manning, let him let him continue the streak, and uh, you know treat him the way he deserves to be treated. Now again, I know it's a business, so yeah, they probably did the right thing uh, to look at you know a younger guy, but they didn't look at a younger guy. They uh, they went with Geno Smith. Um, so all that being said, you know the uh, the game against the Raiders, uh, they lost this game. 24 to 17. Uh, Gino, he didn't play terribly. Uh, 21 of 34, 212 yards and a touchdown. Um, Derek Carr finished 22 of 36 for 287 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Marshawn Lynch ran for 101 and a touchdown. Um, and uh, yesterday, uh, it, it is Tuesday now. We didn't do our usual Monday recording because I slept through my alarm. But uh, yesterday, the Giants announced that they were firing uh, head coach Ben McAdoo. And GM Jerry Reese, uh, Steve Spagnolo uh, will take over as interim head coach for the rest of the year. Um, kind of long overdue, uh, getting rid of McAdoo. Uh, More like McAdoo. Yep, we all saw the Facebook post, Tom. You must be very proud of yourself. Um, it was a good one this time, though. It was. So, uh, how many swear words did you use? I didn't use any swear words. So after after this debacle, uh, it turns out Eli Manning may start this week. Uh, he's he's gone to Spagnolo and and said that he he wants to be the starter. He wants to finish it. So it may have been a one week hiatus, breaking the streak for absolutely no reason. You know what this says to me is it, it says that this was not coming from upstairs. This was Ben McAdoo once again trying to throw someone under the bus. Yeah, throw someone under the bus. Wants to you know him and Jerry Reese want to prove that they're they're the smart guys in the room and and move on to Webb and I. I and that, I just the whole situation is just so. That's been McAdoo's mo since he got the job. Oh yeah, was to just blame everyone else. Oh yeah, it's never been McAdoo's fault. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm happy to see him going. He was an irritating fixture um, from day one, really. Yeah. Uh, it, 
there were people out there trying to say it'll be fine without Tom Coughlin because uh, McAdoo and Manning have such a good relationship. Uh, yeah, apparently not. Um, I, so uh, the the biggest slap in the face through all of this is McAdoo offered to Manning the chance to start a game each week. Yeah, to be pulled after a quarter or at the half or whatever. To keep just to keep the streak alive, not because he thought Manning was the quarterback best suited to to lead them to victory, so that they are they are no longer trying to win games. No, Manning rightfully said no, said it wasn't fair to him, wasn't fair to the team, wasn't fair to the integrity of the streak, and I respect everything about that. Yeah, um, you don't do something like that to the best quarterback in franchise history, statistically best. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't do that to anyone. Period. It's just it. it I we were at work when we found out, and Tom can attest to this. I was so irrationally angry. I Eli Manning's always been a favorite player of mine. I I I think part of it is coming from your general dislike of the Giants. That's possible. As a Packers That's fan, po- as much as I as much as I have loved Eli Manning throughout the years, I do absolutely hate the Giants. And part of it is part of it is different players they've had on the roster through the years. I never cared for Tiki Barber. Jeremy Shockey. I saw his. Yep, I saw he's kind of a jerk. I, I always hated Jeremy Shockey, no matter where he was. New York, New Orleans, didn't matter. Um, you know, a couple other guys I just couldn't stand. And uh, you know, the way they handled the Tom Coughlin thing last year, I or uh, two two years ago now, I guess. I just I don't like the way the organization is run, and it that's kind of weird to say about it about one of those teams that has one of those long standing owners. Yeah, um, but just because you've got a long standing owner doesn't mean they're. Uh... They're a good owner. Right, but you'd think, you know, you'd think they'd been around long enough that the mayors would know what's up and not uh, not operate this way. But It's better for their bottom line when they operate this way. I guess. Um, so, you know, moving forward, the, the big question in the offseason is where does Eli go? He has said he wants to play next year. Um, you know, a lot of possibilities out there. People have said Jacksonville. You know, Blake Bortles hasn't played poorly this year. He's been He's been fairly good. Um He's, I, he's kept the Bortlesing to a minimum. Yeah, he's got about a sixty percent completion rate, uh, twenty five hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, eight picks. Uh, you know, I mean, he's not he's not having a bad year uh, c- comparatively. Uh, he has had worse years, that's for sure. Um, well, his his quarterback rating is up near where Eli's has been in his career. Right. So right. you know, it's it's sort of a sidestep. Right. And you'd be getting older at yes. the position. Yes. Um, Arizona, another likely uh, landing spot. They do enjoy collecting old players out in the desert, uh, much like the rest of the country. NFL players like to, uh, when they get a little long in the tooth, move out to the warmer climate, I guess. Hey, the last time they got a uh, former Giants quarterback, he led them to a Super Bowl appearance. That's true. That is true. A lot of people forget about Kurt Warner's time in, in New York because it was so brief and, uh, and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but... uh Oh uh, yeah, I mean it, it could be a good landing spot for him. Um, there's also talk about you know what happens if Andrew Luck uh, is you know still not ready. I mean you know there's no timetable for this injury for him. Yeah, there's there's an outside chance he's not ready next year. It'd be amazing, you know, just an astounding piece of uh, you know medical mystery. <laughs> yeah, well, no mystery. It's it's the fact that he has never had an offensive line in his pro playing days. Right. You but, can't take that many hits and and not get broken. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, so there there's that. Uh, I know the way Case Keenum has been playing this year. You'd like to see him stick in Minnesota, but there's well, there's going to be at least one quarterback available out of Minnesota. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perhaps two. Because um, I mean, are they going to? Obviously, they're going to keep uh, 
Case Keenum, I think. But the question is, do they keep Bridgewater as well? We know Bradford is gone. That much we know. And uh, and to, 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 to no fault of his own, really. Right. He played well in the games that he, he played in before he got hurt. Um, he had actually been earning a spot on a roster yeah, for the uh, first time in a while. Keenum is a free agent at the end of this year. Is he? Yes, he would be an unrestricted free agent. So if the Vikings can't bring him back, do they move forward with Bridgewater or maybe bring in a guy like Manning? I well, I before Bridgewater got injured, he was their he was their guy. Yeah. For the foreseeable future. Um the whole thing is just there's a lot of uh moving parts as they say. You know, um, when you've got three starting type quarterbacks on your roster, it's it's a bad time yeah. because you have to answer those questions. It's it is this is crazy, but it's going to be a crowded quarterback market. Bridgewater is actually also a, f- a free agent at the end. Oh, of the did year. he not get that year? It, yeah, it was not picked up. But you've also got Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Drew Brees. So they're gonna, you know, well, and, Garoppolo, I think, is going to get tagged oh, or yeah. offered the big money from oh, San Fran. Definitely, definitely. But you know, there could be a lot of moving parts with quarterbacks this year. Uh, and you know, your team might be in the market. Yes. Yeah, you know, Roethlisberger at at the at the end of last year didn't know if he was going to come back this year. Who knows what happens this year? And especially if if Pittsburgh continues on this trajectory and they win a Super Bowl, I would I would be surprised to see Ben come back next year. Yeah, um, he has gotten angry at journalists for questioning his uh, commitment to the game this season, especially uh, following that uh, loss to the Jaguars. Right. And I I was kind of dumbfounded that he was getting upset about it when he himself was questioning his commitment to the game. Right. He created the mess by by making those comments over the over the summer. Well, and and the after the Jacksonville game, he said maybe I just don't have it anymore. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be fun. So this the off the future is murky. Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll be fun this offseason. Uh, another one of those teams that could be affected by the by the quarterbacks, uh, the New Orleans Saints. Improved to uh, nine and three on the year, uh, taking full control of the NFC South for right now. Uh, defeating Carolina thirty-one to twenty-one. Here's here's my question: If Drew Brees wins the Super Bowl this year, does he retire or does he continue to chase numbers? Uh, given that he has not slowed down even one bit, I think he probably continues to play. And I don't think it's necessarily chasing numbers, although every player loves to get higher and higher on yeah. these lists i mean those those numbers are within reach for him though. right um no I, I i see him as one of the guys who if he wins another one comes back him and brady they win another one they're coming back roethlisberger i think he probably hangs it up uh one guy to talk about like i said the, the chargers making a push for the playoffs if they can navigate their way through let's just say philip rivers doesn't go out on top his same age as manning and roethlisberger yeah um but uh, uh, back, uh back, back to the saints uh bad 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 Elvin, Elvin Kamara joined the 600-600 club, uh, 600 receiving yards and 600 rushing yards in one season. Uh, in like three games. <laughs> yeah. He's now at uh, 606 rushing and 614 receiving. Man, t- that's fantasy pickup of the year for me. Yeah. He's uh, got 11 touchdowns on the year combined. Um, and uh, in Sunday's game, uh, finished with 60 yards on the ground and 66 through the air with uh, two rushing touchdowns. Um, so Carolina, I don't, you know, we talked about them a little bit earlier, so I don't, I don't believe that the division is in their cards anymore. Um, no, they, I mean, they don't have the, the advantage anymore. Um, they got a lucky break last week with, uh, 
New Orleans losing, uh, but then they went and squandered it by not taking care of their own business here. Right. Um, the uh, Rams defeated the Cardinals 32-16. to um, Jared Goff uh, finished with 220 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, Blaine Gabbert still playing pretty strong for Ar- for Arizona. Um, 221 yards, a touchdown. Did have two picks, but uh, I mean, he's for being a third string quarterback who's kind of known as a bust. Yeah, he's been playing good football. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, 10 catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, just you know, continuing to show that he is he is probably still the best receiver in the league. I you know, sorry Antonio Brown, sorry Julio Jones. He's the legacy <laughs> best receiver. Yeah. Um, it's in his 14th year. 14th year. 34 years old. It's unbelievable the things he can still do. Um, the things that he can do that I couldn't do when I was 20. <laughs> uh, brings him to 100, uh, 116 targets on the year. 82 catches out of those targets. 878 yards and five touchdowns. He did pass Isaac Bruce yes. for fourth? I believe so. Fourth or fifth. And uh, he, uh, he refuses to celebrate personal milestones while his team is losing. That's fair. A reason why he, like Eli Manning, is one of my favorite non-Packers of all time. You think um, you think he's the one that finally pushes through the uh, the wide receiver log jam? God, there are so many guys right now. But T.O. Moss. Uh, there's a case to be made for Heinz Ward. Um, Isaac Bruce is still waiting to get in. I Bruce believe get in. so. Uh, you know, argument to be made for Torrey Holt from that same Rams team. Yeah. Let's see here. Isaac Bruce. That's right. Listen to Tom Google, people. <laughs> I know. I know. He does it every time, too. <laughs> I I want to pull back the curtain. I want people to know the inner workings of ballpark bros. That we're ill-prepared and unintelligent? Yes. <laughs> I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea of us. Uh, he does not appear to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, man. Um, yes. Uh, so, yeah, how he's not in when he was... Yeah. You, you got him, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Heinz Ward, Randy Moss, uh, is, I believe is eligible now, as is Steve Smith. There's a case to be made for him. I, I would actually, I would put him in ahead of Heinz Ward right now. Uh, Just from he, a... You know, he'll be coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson has a case. Kelvin Johnson, I... Fringe case. Yeah, I, I feel like that there's not enough longevity there. Well, Anquan Bolden should make it. Yeah. Well, uh, Kelvin Johnson is not going to be the one who breaks through the the build up he's not going to push through over a guy like isaac no, bruce but you know con- considering the guys that are already waiting and then this list of guys that are you know going to come due soon larry fitzgerald yeah he he will be one that will not have to, should not have to wait i won't say will not because tim brown had to wait yeah and so did chris carter but larry fitzgerald should not have to wait um the uh yeah for arizona i guess their their year pretty much over uh la just continues to be strong uh Against pretty much everyone, um, they are just a game ahead of the Seahawks, who defeated the Eagles twenty-four to ten on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Seahawks now eight and four. The Eagles dropped to ten and two, and just behind Minnesota now uh, in in the race for the number one seed. Seattle's always a tough place. Yep. Russell it, Wilson three touchdowns. It does not matter how bad the Seahawks are going into what's it called now CenturyLink 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 Field going in there. Dealing with the uh, the crowd noise, dealing with the sometimes unpredictable weather, it is not an easy thing to do. Right. It doesn't matter if you're the you know nine and one, ten and one, 
whatever they were. Ten and one, yeah. Ten and one Eagles who have just been clobbering opponents left and right. That it, that's still a good defense there in Seattle. Yeah. That's they they still have a a even even without Sherman and Chancellor and and all the good. Yeah. Uh, Averill, I believe is out too. They're still a, they're still a very tough defense. And they've got a very smart quarterback. Yeah. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. I you know I I. In, in the beginning of his career, I kind of harped on Russell Wilson a little bit. Uh, you know, there, there were some serious flaws in his game early on. Some yeah. serious flaws. He has been able to take care of a, a lot of that. Not all of it. There are still some issues here and there. Um, when when things start to go bad, he does unravel. You saw that in last year's game against Green Bay with the five interceptions. Yeah. You know, one. You know, once the first one happened, it was a quick. You know, quick slip to the second, and it just fell apart from there. He he can unravel. In situations like that, or if he's getting hit a lot, uh, you know, if he doesn't, if he's not able to use his mobility, um, things things can kind of go downhill for them. But no, he's he's making a strong case for MVP this year. Yeah, uh, there's a very strong case. There are people ahead of him in line. Of there course. are, um, but, but yeah, uh, he's having a solid season, and he's going to lead them to the playoffs. I think, and yeah. we all know they can do damage once they get into the playoffs. The uh, you know, another favorite for the for the MVP Carson Wentz in this game, uh, three hundred forty eight yards, a touchdown, and a pick. You know the head to the head to head win coming down coming down towards you know award season. That may be it for Russell Wilson, the thing that maybe makes him a little bit higher than Carson Wentz. And I know they're not. I know they try to get all the voting in before uh, playoffs and everything, so it's not like they're going to meet again, and that might influence it. You know, the yeah. voting will be done by then. So um, I would like to see a non quarterback win it yeah but who i mean this year who i don't know someone if it was gonna if it was gonna happen it would have been last year with jj watt but this year i don't i don't see who it could possibly be because you look at the way these guys are playing yeah you know well if kareem hunt hadn't slowed down yeah which is to say if the uh if the chiefs Chiefs hadn't given up so many points that they had to go away from the running game right yeah i just I, i don't see a i don't see a running back or a receiver or a defensive player out there that i think uh, should be in the conversation right now i think i think there's a top 4 and i think it's these two quarterbacks here tom brady and case keenum right now i give it to uh i give it to carson wentz but uh when all things uh shake out at the end of the season it's probably going to go to tom brady you know i just have a feeling there I, I heard an argument uh, against Brady the other day, uh, just that there may be Patriot fatigue that hurts him. Possibly, I I, I don't know that they really take that into consideration so much. Um, there's a reason that that he's got all those Super Bowls. It's because he's the most valuable player. Right. He's the most valuable person to his team in the entire league. Yeah. I mean, it it is it is possible that you know patriot fatigue is a very real thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Tom's Tom's been suffering from it since uh, what two thousand five. Yeah, <laughs> at, at least. Yeah. Uh, so there's one more game to cover here. Uh, your Steelers came back from seventeen down to defeat the Bengals twenty three to twenty last night. Um, and that's not even really the story. It's you know everyone expected the Steelers to win. Nobody expected to struggle, but that's the way it went down. Uh, the big story is coming away from this. Uh, Ryan Shazier uh, dropped his head on a tackle and uh, wound up making contact. Uh, was it head to shoulder or head to head? I think it was um, head to side of body. Yeah, and immediately uh, grabbed his lower back. And as he rolled over, you could tell that he he could not move his legs. Um, and very scary scene, uh, the whole time they were working with him, no sign of moving the legs at all. He was able to move his arms, 
Uh, but it looked like just, a, a, at the time, very scary paralysis from the waist down. They got him onto the backboard, and uh, they took him out of the stadium, took him into the locker room for preliminary examination, and loaded him into an ambulance and took him to a Cincinnati hospital. Um, this morning, word has emerged that he does have feeling in all extremities, and that uh, even though he has not moved his legs yet, unless something uh, they else is... Ha- they have said... Uh... That he has some movement in his lower extremities. Okay, so he, he can move now, so it looks like they will be moving him back to Pittsburgh probably sometime today or early tomorrow uh, so that you know team doctors can, can be there in on the uh, treatment and diagnosis going forward. Uh, so just very scary moment. Um, and then... Uh, I believe they said uh, he has the, uh, the same injury that Tommy Maddox suffered uh, back in 2002, I remember a that. Uh, spinal concussion that only caused Maddox to miss one game. But obviously, anytime you're dealing with a head, neck, or spine injury, that's going to vary wildly. Right, right. I personally don't expect to see Shazier back uh, this season. Um, but I am uh, sending all my thoughts up there and uh, hoping for a speedy and complete recovery. Yeah. Um, that unfortunately was not the last incident in this game. Um, who was the Bengals player that jacked Antonio Brown on the end zone? Uh, Eloka. George Eloka? Yeah. Okay. Uh, on a touchdown catch, uh, Eloka led with his helmet and wound up, uh, blasting Brown. Brown was able to get up and, you know, finish his celebration. Um, did not like the fact that he wasn't checked for a concussion. That bothered me. Yeah. Um, and then... Towards the end of the game, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with a cheap, cheap shot. And I know everybody's going to say, well, he deserved it on Vonta uh, Perfect. Nobody deserves it. Yes, he's done some very shitty things, but nobody deserves it. Uh, The issue, the big issue with this is after knocking Perfect out, Smith-Schuster stood over him and taunted him as he laid on the ground. And he's already uh, expressed remorse that uh, he said that he should have let up a little bit, and he definitely shouldn't have uh, taunted him. But there are people out there who are saying it's a blindside hit, which is not necessarily true because he hit him in the jaw. He saw it coming. There was just nothing he could do. It was still a cheap hit. There's no place for it in the game at all. And it's it's funny to hear you say that because you and all of your Steeler fan brethren used to lift Heinz Ward up so high for doing those types of things. It's fine when no one's getting hurt. <laughs> he did. He Heinz Ward broke someone's jaw, though. Who was it? I can't remember, but I'm I'm almost positive Heinz Ward broke someone's jaw. Yeah, I think. Yeah, now that you mention, I d- I do believe Keith Rivers. He broke Keith oh, yeah, Rivers' yeah. jaw. Yeah. Well, I was a younger asshole back then. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, we we talk about the talking about the wide receiver thing. Heinz Ward's blocking is a large part of why he'll be considered for the Hall of Fame because the numbers yeah. really are not there. He, he, and he doesn't have bad numbers. They're just not up with some of the yeah. other... Compared to Reggie Wayne, Randy Moss, Larry Fitzgerald, they're, they're just not there. But his blocking and his commitment to the team is a lot of why he's being considered. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, I, I that was the first thing I thought of when that hit happened. I thought, wow, that was kind of a Heinz Ward hit. And then I thought, wow, Heinz Ward, I'm not going to say he played dirty, but if there was a line, he was just centimeters away from it he played to the intensity of the opponents yeah you look at those games that they played against the against the Bengals, against the ravens against the patriots they always got chippy yeah um i think i think the line moves in those games yeah 
spe- speaking of the the Patriots, um, the Steelers they got they got caught off guard uh, in this game against the Bengals. There's been a lot of talk about that interview that Mike Tomlin had last week ahead of the Packers game about you know how basically they believe that they're predestined to play the Patriots twice this year and. Uh, you know, and I, he didn't say as much, but that's how that's how it, it was perceived. Yeah, that you know, it's it's predetermined. They're, they're going to be there. Well, what he said was that you'd kind of be stupid not to look forward to that first game, right? And then to to go into that game and and play it as though you're not going to play them again. When if you make it to the championship game, it's going to be them. Yeah, I, and I, he's I, saying that it's it's rather inevitable if. If the Super Bowl is their destination, then it's inevitable that they'll have to play the Patriots twice. Right. And I think that got some of the Steelers sort of to lose a bit of focus. Yeah. Um, I guess better this week against the Bengals than next against the Ravens. Uh, Yeah, it's probably good that they struggled this week because that will cause them to stop, look at what happened, and focus on the next opponent. Yeah. Um, The... uh, Another part of this is uh, there have been two other instances where a Steelers coach or player has given bulletin board material to the Patriots. Uh, if you remember uh, Bill Cower before the AFC Championship game back in uh, '04, Roethlisberger's rookie year, '04. Yeah. Uh, if you remember, they they um, they didn't have the bye week between the championship games and and the Super Bowl that year, and Cower said that uh, the Steelers would be using Monday as a practice day instead of their normal off day. And like he was going through their routine of what they were going to be doing. And he never, he never once used the word if. Yeah. And the Patriots took that and ran with it and absolutely destroyed the Steelers in that game. And then well, it was probably about four or five years ago. It was uh, Anthony Smith guaranteeing they'd go in and win. And Tom Brady throwing three long touchdown passes right over Smith's head. Yeah. Um, so look, well, look for Belichick and the Patriots to use these comments by Tomlin. Uh, Not that there's anything there to really use, but yeah, if if you want to find something to use, you're gonna find you're gonna take the smallest little thing, right? That's why I don't buy into the whole bulletin board material thing because it it insinuates that you wouldn't be going out there giving one hundred percent otherwise. I, I think it makes you focus on particular things, like with the Anthony Smith thing. It made Tom Brady focus. Yeah, where is Anthony Smith? I'm going to throw this ball right over him. Well, that's why I'm glad that uh, it hasn't been any of our secondary saying it this time. <laughs> yeah. Because we're thin right now. Yeah, they're going to have a hard enough time as it is. They don't need an angry Brady. You know, Joe Hayden I, is not going to be back for the for the regular season matchup. Um, and Mike Mitchell missed this past game, and I don't know if he's going to be playing. And on top of that, they benched Cody Sensabaugh for giving up those long touchdowns. Well, um yeah, you can't blame them there. It's it's been rough for their secondary. I mean, you here's the thing: you look at what Brett Hundley did to them, and then you look at what Brett Hundley did just this past Sunday. He should have lit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up like he lit the Steelers up. Yeah, um, it's just a different uh, different scheme, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so looking ahead to next week, uh, Thursday night football: Saints at Falcons. Uh, should be a pretty good one, even though we both think uh, Falcons don't have a chance. I think it still will be a pretty tight game. Uh, the uh, Browns, you know, like I said, one of their chances to get their first win of the season, taking on a, a uh, Rodgers-less Packers squad. The Raiders and Chiefs, both 6-6, six and six, tied atop the division, uh, facing off. Um, 
I'm only mentioning this one because uh, Cowboys at Giants, there is a large, large group of Giants fans uh, planning something for this game uh, for Eli Manning. There's going, there's going to be an entire army of fans showing up prior to the game outside the stadium wearing Eli Manning jerseys, from what I'm hearing. Uh, kind of protesting the uh, front office and, and owners a little bit. Who knows now that Reese and McAdoo are gone, though. Yeah, um, I think they'd still do it. If, if they've already been planning it, it's, it's probably still going to happen. Right. Um, the uh, Vikings square off with the Panthers uh, down in Carolina. Uh, that should be a very good game, too. Important uh, game for, for the Panthers. Yeah. Um, the Titans, who have been struggling a little bit with some lesser teams, uh, heading out to Arizona. So uh, possible uh, possible upset right there. It's impossible. Impossible. Impossible to pin down this Titans team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Last few years, they've just been question marks. Right. Yeah, It's it's been difficult. But uh, the uh, Chargers uh, looking to stay even with whoever wins that Raiders-Chiefs game, uh, taking on the Redskins. Uh, the uh, you know, We talked about how L.A. is having a hard time selling tickets. Yes. Not anymore. No. Uh, now that they've turned things around, you know, at the beginning of the year on StubHub, you get tickets for probably about 30 bucks, 114 for this game against the Redskins. Uh, and the Rams, their game against the Eagles, uh, nosebleeds are starting at 140. Well, you've got a potential uh, playoff preview. And this could decide the bye week. Yeah. You know, uh, 9-3 Rams, 10-2 Eagles. Uh, this is going to be a very good game. This is the 425 game. I'm not sure. You're going to have to check your local listings on these um, because at the same time, the 8-4 and four Seahawks will be taking on the 8-4 and four Jaguars, both of those games on Fox. Well, I know for a fact that they, uh, I believe they flexed the Eagles-Rams game into this position to increase ratings. Right. Um, I mean, either one is going to be good. I may yeah. find myself at a sports bar just to watch both at the same time um, and not because I'm an alcoholic. That's why I would be there. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sunday night football, Ravens at Steelers. Uh, you know, the, the Ravens are not out of it as far as the division goes. A bad run by the Steelers could let Baltimore right back in the door, yep. and it, it could start with this game. I don't think it will, but it you can't you can't yeah discount it. So um, Pittsburgh is a uh, seven and a half favorite at this juncture. Yeah, which is you know they're at home. Uh, actually, six and a half now. It's like uh, yeah, must be different bookings uh, possible. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. This is gonna be a big, big weekend in football. I'm looking forward to a lot of these games. I may, be, I may be up at Sean's from uh, 12:30 until 8 o'clock at night. My family will just have to, uh, I don't know, look at pictures and remember me fondly as they miss me as I'm gone. Uh, no, they're not gonna do that. No, they'll probably have a party. Yeah. Um, they're actually gonna uh, buy Sunday ticket and watch all the games without you. There, there should be like a weekly pricing, like. You can just buy week yeah, I thirteen. Buy this week. Uh, so I, uh, I said that'll do it for NFL. Uh, I'm gonna shift to hockey here. Um, I made a I made a power ranking. Oh, you did for the top ten teams. Uh, I'm gonna offer it up and have you give your opinion on these teams as we go through. I did a top ten and I did three on the bubble. Um, so we'll start with the bubble teams. Uh, Washington, thirty three points, six and four in their last ten. Uh, Ovechkin, twenty goals and eight assists on the year. Um, Vegas, uh, they've fallen off a little bit after that really hot start. Uh, 33 points, 6-4 and four in the last 10. Will Carlson, 14 goals, 11 assists. Um, I, I'm, I'm still continuing to be surprised by Vegas every day, you know, even though they have kind of fallen off here a little bit. I mean, they are, they are still 
in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, they're still in at second. This point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, but again, I, there are a lot of teams in the East right now that are that are up there on this list. So you know, um, and just right there on the edge, uh, your New Jersey Devils. Yeah, and, they, and, they've and, also struggled a bit recently. Right. Uh, five, three, and two in their last ten. Thirty-four points on the year. Uh, got quite the little rookie there, don't you? Maybe. Which one? Uh, Nico Heischer, uh, five goals, 13 assists on the year so far. Ah, yeah. Uh, looking pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, there's also Will Butcher. Yeah. Assist machine. And Jesper Bratt, the the other rookie, a sixth rounder. Yeah. And he's been a pleasant surprise. He's he's worked with a uh, sort of a mental coach. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, in, the, in the last year before uh, the season began, he had had trouble focusing and staying consistent one game to the next. Yeah. And so, you know, you get this uh, this uh, mind guy. I don't know what his actual, I don't know if he's so a psychologist. That's what, it a says sports, on, that's what it says on his business card, mind guy. I don't know if he's a sports psychologist or what, but he's been uh, helping Jesper Bratt with the mental aspects of the game. Nice. And it's turned into a pretty good uh first quarter of his first season there future's pretty bright there seems yeah um so coming in at number 10 on our rankings uh the st louis blues 36 points they are four five and one in their last 10 so it's been a bit of a struggle here of late um the reason i put them in ahead of those three teams i mentioned before i think their ceiling is a little bit higher going forward um schwartz 32 points on the year shen 30 points and tarasenko 29 uh so you know it's getting spread around a little bit there Coming in at number nine, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, thirty-three points, six-three and one in the last ten. Uh, they've won four straight, and they scored nineteen goals in those four games. And they're still minus eight in the yes. goal differential. Still minus eight, and still in the wild card. Uh, in that span, uh, may, uh, uh, sorry, I was going to read the wrong stat. Uh, <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. That would have been. Um, in that in that stretch, uh, Sidney Crosby five goals, five assists, uh, giving him twelve and seventeen on the season. Uh, coming in at number eight, the Dallas Stars seven two and one in the last ten. They beat Chicago twice recently, beat Vegas within the past couple days, um, and hung seven on Colorado the other night. Which Colorado did they get? <laughs> well, they got they got both goalies. <laughs> did they get the young and hungry Colorado or the uh, well? the usual Colorado. No, I mean, Colorado looked good coming out of the gate, and uh, it just kind of got away from them in the, th- in the third period. Um, Dallas has gotten 27 points out of Tyler Sagan, 25 out of Alexander Radulov, uh, 24 out of John Klingberg, and 23 out of Jamie Benn. So it's coming from all over. Uh, this is a team that I expected to see when we were doing our preseason rankings. I think they finally found their groove. Well, it may have taken them a bit too long. They're going to have to probably settle for the wild card. Mm, no. I feel like they will. They are uh, they're only three points back. Yeah, but from being in the top three, um, so you know that's I expect, not that difficult to make up. Well, I I expect them to uh, sort of even. I don't think they're as bad as they were to start the season, and I don't think they're as good as they've been in the last five. I think they're closer to as good as, the, as they've been in the last five than they are to how they started. I think this play over the last. 10 games more reflects how they'll play throughout the year. I'm not saying they they will be that good for the rest of the year, but I think they're closer to that. Well, we're we're at the at the point of the season where teams will start regressing to where they 
truly stand, you know? Like uh, with, with the Devils having some struggles, nobody expected this team to do this. We we were still in rebuild mode. Right. You know, 100%. And I expected it to actually happen before this. I expected some regression down to uh, sort of a playoff bubble team. Yeah. Another team that I think is a little bit surprising for where they're at, Toronto, comes in at number 7. 35 points, 6-3-1. Uh, and one. Austin Matthews, 13 goals and 13 assists on the year. Um, a little bit of a surprise to see them, you know, this many points this early in the year. Uh, you know, I say this early, we're, what, a third of the way through? Um, yeah, it would be between a quarter and a third. Yeah. Uh, number six, the New York Islanders. Uh, 34 points in the year, 8-2 and two in their last 10. Josh Bailey, five goals, 26 assists. And uh, Tavares with 17 goals and 13 assists on the year. You know, I... I know they're they're in my division and they've been in my division for a long time. But I just have such a hard time hating the Islanders. Yeah, it's you know it's not like with the Flyers or the Rangers. The, those are easy teams to hate. Right. Well, the Islanders haven't had the success. Yeah, but I mean they also don't employ jerkwads as yeah. often. Well, um, at number five, the Blue Jackets, thirty-five points, also eight and two in their last ten. Uh, Bobrovsky, fourteen and six, and a two hundred two goals against. He's a very, very good goalie. Yes, uh, I I was talking uh, so when I when I got up to the Packers game. I went with our uncle Bill and our cousin Mike, and then uh, Bill and I were talking hockey, and uh, we we're talking about Bobrovsky. I think he is the best goaltender in the league at this point. Yes, yeah, uh, either him or Vasilevsky. Yeah, and that, and that was another one. You know, with them being fans down there, uh, that was one that Uncle Bill brought up too. But uh, no, I, I I think it's Bob Roski. Uh, it, it is kind of close, but it, uh, you got to give it to Bob Roski yeah. the way he's played. And for a little while, he was all Columbus had. Yeah, yeah. Know? So um, uh, two important games coming up this week. Yeah, the Devils uh, play in Columbus tonight. Yeah, and then on Friday uh, they take their home and home to the Rock, where Columbus will uh, look to lose two in a row. <laughs> Uh, coming in at Hopefully. four. <laughs> coming in at four is uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Thirty-eight points. Kucherov, nineteen goals, nineteen assists. Uh, Stamkos, twenty-six assists on the year to go with eleven goals. I'm pretty sure nineteen of his twenty-six assists have gone to Kucherov. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, L.A. comes in at number three, thirty-seven points, six-three and one on the year. They've won five straight, same as Dallas. Um, uh, in, in those five, it's been Anaheim, Detroit, Washington, St. Louis, and Chicago. So good teams they, they've been beating here. Um, Nashville's my number two team, 37 points, 7-2-1. and one. Uh, Forsberg, 14 goals, 14 assists on the year. Pekka uh, has not been his his normal self from the past couple of years, but he has been getting uh, getting a little bit stronger yeah, uh, as he's, the year goes. Well, he's doing what he needs to. Right. Uh, and... The number one team in my power rankings for right now, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, thirty-eight points, seven-two and one in their last ten. Uh, their past uh, past three wins here uh, defeated Minnesota seven to two, Vegas seven to four, and Ottawa five to nothing. I think we uh, at, at this point in the season we we still have to talk about them in hushed tones. <laughs> yes, we don't know if they're here yet, but I, each. Each game is giving just a little bit more of a, a sneak peek at, at what this team really is all about. And, you know, being a team that, that uh, was terrible in Atlanta forever, for as long as they'd been there, um, 
and then they move to to Winnipeg, and you know they've got the fans there already. Yeah. Oh yeah, the fans had been waiting for a team to come back, and now they've got a team there that that really is kind of doing justice to the fandom. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good to see you know them getting something to actually cheer for up there. Um, but yeah, as you said, you know we're we're talking about them kind of in hushed tones because I don't, I personally don't think it's going to last them being the best team in the league. No, um, I, I expect, and that's that's another reason why I don't think Dallas is that far out of it because the top dog that they're chasing is the Jets. Yeah, um, I mean Connor Hellebuck's having a hell of a season. Good work uh, thus far. He's uh. Fifteen two and three nine twenty five save percentage. Yeah, that's very good. Yes, no, he he is he is a large large part of their success. Also, the you know what, the, what uh, was it nineteen goals in the last three games? I, I read yeah, off. Yeah, that's that's so, a part of it too. Um, no, I believe me, I expect them to be in the top three in that division. I expect them to make the playoffs with relative ease at this point. Uh, coming into the season, I never would have picked them to to finish anywhere higher than a wild card. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think very many people would have. Um, there, they they had some uh, some changes over the off season, and I didn't think that they were positive changes. Right. Um, but uh, they've got some chemistry going, and they're scoring goals, and they're not letting in goals, and it's just an all around good time in Winnipeg right now. Aside yeah. from the cold. Yeah. <laughs> aside from the usual Winnipegness of it all. All right, so that that was the power rankings for uh, for the NHL. We'll do NBA next week, um, and we'll, we'll alternate Ooh. like we did last season. Uh, once yeah, it's we good. Get to we're getting to the point where uh, the the seasons are well underway, and yeah. we can sort of keep better tabs on it's, on the teams. It's funny in the in the NBA, you get a better sense earlier in the season, like the the standings right now. I mean, yeah, the bottom is going to shake up, but for the most part, we know who the contenders are already. Yeah, in the NHL. Someone's going to sneak in and be a contender late in the year that wasn't there, you know, at first, or someone like you know, I I believe Winnipeg will will drop down the standings a little standings a little bit, but you know, I and I do want to look through the NBA just a little bit here and a couple things to point out. Cleveland Cavaliers after that rough start, oh, they are they are just killing it. Now. Winners of twelve straight. Yeah, yeah, they were they were. Uh, uh, excuse me, sorry. Whew, a little indigestion there. Uh, they were five and seven. Uh, they reeled off the 12, 12 wins in a row. Um. They're three and a half games behind Boston, though, because Boston is eight and two in their last ten, uh, sitting at twenty-one and four. Um, the Raptors in third place at four, fourteen and seven. The Pistons, uh, game behind them at fourteen and nine. Uh, they've cooled off a little bit recently, four and six in the last ten. And the Seventy Sixers, I said, playoff team. Here they come. Here they come. Uh, thirteen and ten, six and four in the last ten. Uh, over in the West, uh, the Houston Rockets nine and one in the last ten. 18 and 4 on the year, half a game up on Golden State who sits with more wins at 19, but two more losses at 6. Uh San Antonio continues to impress without Kawhi Leonard, uh 16 and 8. They had a uh, rough one last night though. They did against Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh lost another small forward, uh Kyle Anderson now down, uh going to miss a decent amount of time, so it looks like they're going to have to pull six man uh Rudy Gay into the starting lineup. And roll with uh, Manny Ginobili as the new sixth man. So uh, beyond that, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, aside from that game last night, still struggling to find footing with their new uh, big three. They're still below five hundred. With their new, uh, I would say medium three. <laughs> uh, still below five hundred at ten and twelve on the year. Uh, five and five in the last ten. 
so that's just a quick glance at the at the standings, uh, and then just one other thing to touch on in the NBA. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies fired head coach. Uh, is it Dave Fisdale? Dave? Is it Dave? I, I don't know. Um, you're you're the basketball maven in this in this room. Yeah, it's uh, it's David Fisdale. Um, he uh, kind of come on. He's got them off to an eight and fifteen start. Unceremoniously dumped uh, after they had made the playoffs last year. Um, well, you got to be upset with this 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 beginning of the season, though. Right. I mean, uh, they've had injuries though. Conley has missed a lot of time. Um, you know, no team is going to use that as as an excuse. I I mean I understand, but he I mean it it's there. It's it's definitely there. You would okay if San Antonio had gone eight and fifteen during this stretch without Kawhi Leonard, you wouldn't be firing Greg Popovich. And I know the pedigree, but I think there's something to be said for the fact that Fizdale was a second year coach. Well, I I I don't know that they know what they're doing in the front office in Memphis is part of it. Uh, they're I, gonna be one of those, you know, first to worst, worst to first teams. They're they're gonna have violent swings of, of unpredictable play and that's just their organization, I think. I, know, I mean, like I said, you can't discount the injuries in basketball. I mean, you got Mike Conley missing time, Wayne Sheldon's been uh been banged up. Chandler Parsons has missed time and has been on a on a minutes count. Uh, Jamichael Green has had some issues. Uh, it, I don't know. I just it, it's it's troubling to see them let go of a guy that quickly. Uh, that being said, I never cared for David Fisdale, so bye bye. Good riddance. <laughs> um, no, I he he to me was kind of a whiner when things weren't going well. Uh, he I don't like I don't like the coaches who have such extremes. Like that's why I don't like Jim Harbaugh. He's yeah, the, he's yeah. the cock of the walk when they're winning, but he's like an infant that just pooped their pants when they're losing. There's no middle ground. Oh, sure there is. It's it's the the time between uh, games when he's at home, right? <laughs> not yeah. doing his coaching job. No, I just I, I can't take coaches like that. Harbaugh is the is the biggest offender in my book. Uh, Urban Meyer can be the same way. I was kind of surprised he wasn't a poopy pants after OSU got <laughs> held out. Uh, I don't know. He might have pooped his pants. I don't know. Maybe. Um, actually, I have problems with our own coach, uh, Notre Dame's Brian Kelly. Yeah. I, I have problems with him for, for the same reason. Well, I've got problems with him for more than just well, that reason. Yeah, that's, but, you know. That's that's for another time. Um, that's for the season recap show. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that was just a quick stroll through the NBA. Um, I will say I'm actually fairly upset that Notre Dame was good this year so that they're not going to fire Kelly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it only it only would have been worth it if they'd have fired him mid-season, though, because you look at all the guys that are already gone. Yeah, you know, you can draw in somebody like a like a Herm Edwards, yeah, Arizona State. <laughs> Man, they hit a home run with that. They really did. I love that hiring so much. I've said, and Tom can attest to this. I have said for years that there there are two coaches that had great NFL success that I always thought would be tremendous college coaches because it would give them a chance to help mold these young men into into the people that we need in this world and, and and one of them was herm edwards and the other one is tony dungy yeah Th- those two men to me are the ones you want in colleges showing these young men how to behave in the world and yeah they're great football coaches they are they're excellent at what they do but they're they're even better uh be, being being leaders of men yeah, and that's what you i honestly that's part of why i don't like kelly yeah because he is He's setting a terrible example a when, his, hothead. when his face turns 18 shades of red because of a holding penalty. 
Yeah, it's setting a bad example. Same thing with, with Harbaugh. It, they're, they're not setting a great example for these 18, 19-year-old kids. And I'm at an age now where I can call 18 and 19-year-olds kids, and that is now very, very, very you know, depressing. Ba- back in my day. <laughs> um, Actually, back in my day, whatever happened to Tyrone Willingham? Yeah, he got shafted. Yeah. Uh, I was always all right with Ty. I was all right with Charlie at the beginning. but he, he w- He's not a good coach. No. No. Great offensive mind, but... All right. Well, I believe that will do it for us uh, for today's show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you're in the Toledo area, do not forget, stop by Sean's Irish Tavern. They've always got the NFL going on Sundays and a great place to catch all the bowl games. So uh, keep that in mind if you're in the area. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We will talk sports at you next week.